Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. Well, I just want to start by uh, saying uh, how great the last couple of weeks have been uh, with the Names of God series. I, I love this. I love everything about it. It's just an exciting time as we learn more about the characteristics of God and who He is and how it can be applied to our life. And so uh, I, I just I want to continue on in a Bible study, a Bible study on the names of God. We started out uh, with Melanie speaking on Adonai, which means master, lord, owner. Uh, we've got to understand that He's the owner of everything and we are stewards of what he has entrusted us with. And when we see him as owner, you sometimes take care of things a little better. And so uh, Adonai was a, a great, Melanie did a great job. Last week, Boyd Chapman just did a wonderful job with Jehovah Jireh, uh, our provider. He's our provider, and God will provide for his people. And it's not a wonder of whether or not we're going to be provided for. It's just putting ourselves on his page and understanding that he will provide. I just can't tell you how many people get frustrated in life that's a Christian not knowing what's going to happen. You, you don't have to worry about that. God is the provider, and so there's no need for the enemy to get you on a worry attitude or, or way of thinking. God's going to provide. And if you didn't hear last week, so I want to encourage you to listen to uh, uh, what Chapman brought last week and how he brought that to life. Tonight, tonight I want to talk about Jehovah Saba. Now, this is T-S-A-B-A, but it's pronounced Saba, and uh, once again, you probably can find someone that says Tusaba. Uh, don't go get caught up on the hillbilly pronunciation, but understand what the meaning of it is. Uh, it means the Lord, our warrior, the Lord, our warrior. He's commander and chief of God's people. And let me just tell you, I was in Washington, D.C. last week, and praise God I didn't run into the commander-in-chief. I mean, that's just my opinion uh, of the United States. But I want daily to run into the commander-in-chief of the Lord's army because I'm a part of that, and I'm thrilled to serve under his command. I, I mean, Jehovah Saba is a military name, and it is us submitting to the commander-in-chief of the army that we said we're a part of. So let's just talk about that tonight. Jehovah, and we talked about this when we started the series out, means a permanent existence, always accessible and, and always able to be called upon. Now, I can tell you that if I'd have said, hey, when I walked into the Capitol and said, I need to speak to Joe Biden, everybody would say, well, who are you? But I can tell you that it's different when we're talking about Jehovah. I need to speak to the Lord. He's ever-present and always available. And so you have direct access to the commander-in-chief of the Christian army. Jehovah Saba is him revealing himself as mighty leader. And so you got to know that's just the way you can explain that. He is leading our battle. And, and, and with him, when we're in battle, we can receive the victory because he gets it. He gets the victory. 
This name has to do with warfare. It has to do with battles. And, and what I want you to know is I'm talking tonight, every one of us are in a battle. And if we haven't, if we can't look back and say, okay, yeah, I've been in a battle, then just look forward to there will be one. And that's not a slam. That's just an understanding that we all face battles, and some of us are presently in a big one. All of us in all of life. And if you're doing anything for the kingdom, you can know you're in a battle. Anything you're doing for the kingdom, you're in a battle. Here's the thing about battles. Battles are personal. They're close. They're real. And they're not imagined. I understand that there's a battle over worry and sometimes we imagine things. But even if you're perceiving that there is one, then the perception is real to the perceiver. And so there's a battle over your mind. There's a battle over what's going on in life. We've got to fight the enemy all the time over moods. Come on, over a mood, over an emotion, over depression, over anger, over resentment, over jealousy, over demonic influences that bring oppression on the Christian's life. Come on, over addictions. Everybody here statistically knows somebody that's had to deal with addiction. And usually it's somebody that you know or knew personally that has had to fight addiction. The Lord, our warrior, is who we want to identify with in battle. So when we're talking about battle and a war term here, I think the best illustration for us to use and to talk about is going to be David and Goliath. I mean, it's the battle in Scripture that you can use as an illustration of how Jehovah Saba can use or can, can be real in a situation that we can read about in a story in the Word. So 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now verses 1 through 10 in 1 Samuel 17, let me set this up. Talk about Goliath. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. Goliath coming and telling the Israelites, hey, send me your best because I'm the best here. And I just want you to know, send me your best. I'm willing to come against him. And if your best wins, then we'll be slaves to you. And if we win or I win, Here's what I'm telling you. You all will be slaves to us. And so he comes out, and that's the battle. So we know what the battle is because he defines it. And then I want to read verse 4 of 1 Samuel 17 to start this whole thing out I want to teach on tonight. It says, Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet. And his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore a bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze, a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was a heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him, carrying a shield. Okay, just for fun, I went online and I tried to find out all the weight that he was carrying. I mean, you got this bronze vest, you've got a spearhead that is 15 pounds, you've got all of this bronze, and how much does bronze weigh as you're carrying it? They say just the bronze uh, uh, chest deal that he was wearing, wearing was 157 pounds. The shield, uh, 120, 
he was carrying close to 300 pounds of stuff that he was going to fight in. And I'm thinking, okay, 300 pounds? Just, you're going to wear it like you are your clothes. 300 pounds of clothes. Yeah, no. Now, nine foot tall? Yeah. And he's ready to go. And I, I just, I'm thinking about all of this. And, and Goliath, according to what Scripture says David and Goliath was, Goliath over, Goliath over nine foot tall, David, five foot five inches. Almost half of his size. I, this illustration is always fun. And if I had Lane, my grandson here, I would have Kenan stand right up here and I would have Lane stand here. And I want you to look at the difference and you can see about the difference. That's like Lane taking on Kenan. Now, I, I just, I, I don't think we think about that a lot. Well, I know he was big. The enemy, Goliath, was large. He was scary. He was, I mean, he was halting the Lord's army. He was intimidating. And here's what I want you to know about your giant. That doctor's report is large. It's scary. It's intimidating. It feels like that it's twice your size. And what are you going to do? That layoff, that downturn of the economy, that relationship that's, that's not working, it... If you just turn the news on, its goal is to keep people in fear. It's a giant. Come on, you've got to be able to take this story and recognize that we all have giants and we all can identify with David. We're five foot five inches tall, facing a nine foot giant that's carrying 300 pounds of armor, and there ain't no way you're going to take him down. That was everybody in Israelites' thought. Here's what I want you to know. Whatever you have identified your giant as tonight, I want to give you a name, Jehovah Saba. See, that you need to know this name because the Lord is our warrior and he is the commander and he's giving us, God's army, illustrations. He's given us in the word and he's given us marching orders. See, this was a physical battle that you're reading about with David and Goliath and we recognize the outcome of the battle and here's what you got to know. The outcome of the battle was influenced by a realm outside of the physical. Everyone has a giant. Well, you got to follow me here. This is good. This battle with David, a five foot five man beats a nine foot plus man that's full of armor with a slingshot. And I'm really glad that this story uses David as the illustration. Because see, in the physical, no one would see from either side that David was a threat. Or the winner on the front end. Nobody would see that. No one would consider him as someone you should use. See, when you're looking at a giant, you've got to know that this story's for you to identify with David. Well, I don't know how I'm going to get past that. I understand that. That's why this story is in the Word and why it's an illustration of Jehovah Saba. We're seeing in the natural, the physical, a very difficult and even unbelievable path to victory. Can, can you do that in your mind with me? I mean, before the battle, I know we read the outcome, but just pretend like you don't know about the five stones and the sling. 
You're on the front end of this thing. You're going, David? <laughs> yeah. No. Nobody's looking at David thinking it's going to work. Here's what you have to know. This battle was clearly won from another location. They didn't get near the response I was looking This battle was won from another location. See, as God's people, we're living life from two places. Well, you need to know this living in the United States of America right now. You got to know this going to work wherever you go to work. We, as God's people, live life from two places at once. In the world, because you've surrendered your life to Christ, doesn't mean that you're not going to face a giant. Just because you're a Christian. But see, you live life in a world. You live life in a world where there are Goliaths. But at the same time that you're in the world, you're not of the world. You've heard this terminology, but we've got to understand this when we're teaching on Jehovah Saba. We come from a different location when we're born again. See, you had a first birth that put you in the world, and then you had a second birth that released you from being captive of the world. So when you're facing a battle, you better call on the other location because the location in the world is going to get you what the world sees as results. We come from a different location. Get this. Everything physical is always preceded by the spiritual. This is really deep, and I know I've got your attention, so I'm going to say that again. Everything physical is preceded by the spiritual. Now, sometimes it's demonic in spirit, and sometimes it's godly in spirit. That's why God's people, God's army, is necessary, and why it breaks my heart when somebody in God's army gets taken out. I hate that. Why? Because there was hundreds of thousands that could have been impacted by them. I believe that every time. And so I don't want any of God's people taken out. I want the victory to be won from the spiritual. Now, we come from a realm of the spirit. Are y'all with me? Does does this make sense? We came from eternity because of our second birth. We came from eternity, and this place and the flesh and this world is temporary. See, the world is temporary, and we're coming and fighting a battle from an eternal location, and we're bringing it into a temporary battle. Now, we we see this battle as this is going to change my whole life. It's going to change something in the temporary. That's why you need something in the eternal to come over what's in the temporary. This is good. If you want to deal with the visible or the physical, same thing, If you want to deal with the visible, the physical, you have to address it from the invisible or from the spiritual. This is how we do warfare. Let's give a scripture here, Ephesians 6, 12. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting in the physical, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. David knew his fight had nothing to do with the physical human being that was standing there before him. David was like the only one that knew that, but praise God he did, because he's the illustration we're looking to. I'm not looking at his brothers. I'm not looking at the rest of the Israelite army that's all cowering down, fearful, 
the entire physical realm is governed by the invisible realm. Follow me with this. When you get the invisible spiritual involved in the physical, visible, then the physical and the visible have to yield to the invisible realm because the invisible realm preceded the visible realm. Did I lose everybody? There was a preceding that took place before the battle that already took care of the outcome in the physical. And if you'll give the enemy place, and the Bible says don't give the enemy place. If you'll give the enemy place, you can know that it will mess with the final outcome. That's his goal. But when you don't give the enemy place on the front end, then there's no chance of him having it on the back end. Because it's all, the preceding part is the invisible or spiritual that we've got to get as God's people involved with. Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let me just say it again. Whatever you, oh God, why'd you do, oh God, no, it's what you did. It's what you loose on earth will be loosed. What you bind, what are you binding? What's the last thing you bound? Well, I haven't. I've been praying that God would bind it. No, he told you to do it. In Jesus' name, I have some authority, and I'm going to bind this, and it's not going to have a victory in my life. I, I just, Jehovah Saba. Well, how do I know that? Because he gave me my marching orders, and that's what I do. Whatever you, Ephesians 2 talks about being raised with Christ and we're seated with him in heavenly places. Uh, come on, we're on the right team in the right place. So when you face problems, giants, you got to see your position and your position is, is that you're seated with him. You, you got to see that. We battle on earth from heaven. <laughs> this is so cool. I, I've studied and studied this, and I knew that it would be one of those things that would kind of go when you hear it. It would take a second to sink in, but you're facing battles right here on earth, and you got to know that they're not earthly battles unless you allow them to be. And there is a ruler, a little God of this world, and he's trying to get you just to stay in this realm. What I'm telling you is there's another realm you need to learn to battle from. We teach about it on a very consistent basis in our classes uh, in Elevation. And I, I, I was talking to Valerie about it this week. Praise God that we're learning to battle on the front end correctly. Now, this situation with Goliath, it, it's, it's important to know that as we can identify with David, what David was doing while he was out tending sheep is he was working on a relationship and he was in the throne room all the time. And that's what we got to be. We've got to get in the throne room, in our prayer closet. We've got to start spending time with the Lord because it's in that time that you learn to enter boldly into this battle from the other realm. We've been accepted. We can do warfare because we're soldiers in God's army because Jesus paid the price for us to get there. We have marching orders available and we're not even reading the word to know what they are half the time. 
Now, and I believe most are, but if you're listening to this on podcast, I pray that you're really ready for battle because you made a, a, des- a decision to follow Jesus. And in that decision, I understand it got you into heaven. Praise God for that. But it's the beginning, not the end of your relationship here with him on earth. And so we're going to work diligently to get to a place where we can fight these battles because God has called his army to do it. God could have taken out Goliath like that. He didn't need David, but he chose David. He don't need you, but he chose you. Therefore, he's going to use you to do something mighty. If you'll get into a position to live your enlistment. We've just got to transfer our battles to Jehovah Saba. The Lord, my warrior. Everybody say it, my warrior. The Lord, my warrior. See, that he's my warrior. You, you've got to get to, he's not the pastor's, well, I pray that he's the pastor's warrior, but I can't fight your battle. But I'm on the same team, and when we come together, we can pray together. And I'm just telling you, we can get to a place where we can access Jehovah Saba, and the Lord's army comes in, and praise God, there's a victory. Hmm. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. That's Jehovah Saba. He's my leader. He is my shepherd. He's the one that's taking care of this battle. David understood his position in the relationship. See, he knew who he was and he knew whose he was. He he knew. I know who I am. All right, great. Do you know whose you are? Because you need both of those things. We all face giants. They're nothing new to God's people. And so many think that no one has ever faced the battle that I'm facing right now. You know, and as dealing with young people for years that I have, I, I've, I've talked to young people a lot, and I've heard them say, nobody understands what I'm dealing with. That's a, that's a favorite statement. I mean, you don't understand because you don't have my parents. You, you don't understand because you don't have my situation. Mine's unique to me. It's just nobody's going to understand. And what I want you to know is that statement is an enemy statement. And, And here's why it is. It's an enemy statement because when the enemy can get you isolated to think nobody else understands you, Nobody else can, I I just, he wants you isolated because when he can get you isolated, he can keep you from fighting. And if he can keep you isolated, you won't acknowledge Jehovah Saba. That's the way he tears up marriages. Nobody else has been married to him or nobody else has been married to her and they don't know what I deal with. I've counseled that a hundred times. Let me just introduce you to Jehovah Saba. Because he does know and he can get you through this. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through. As if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. Let's just stop there. Seriously, God? Don't be surprised that you're in this trial, that you have this giant, that there's this situation you're dealing with, this health crisis, this addiction, this this marriage, these kids, these parents, these friends, 
Don't be surprised. Don't, Don't be surprised. In fact, be glad. That's not what you expected in the sermon, I'm sure. Well, I didn't really expect it out of the word, but then if you read what it says after that, it says, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you'll have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. What I'm saying is, hold on, victory's coming. Victory's coming. Don't be surprised that you're in some battle. Giants that you're battling, that you got to know, just make you a partner with Christ. It's just a different setup. It makes you a partner with Christ. Just keep doing what is right. He's not going to fail you. His glory will be revealed. We have a name when we're in this battle. Commander-in-Chief Jehovah Saba, I want you to know that I'm in this, but I'm not alone, praise God. The enemy can't remove me to a place where I'm, oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm going to give up. I'm not giving up. I will continue to fight because I know what realm that I've got to enter to fight from. Are, are, are you getting this? It's awesome. A giant in your life is anything in life that appears so large that it influences your emotions. So if you were to write down a definition for a giant, it's anything that's so big that it influences you emotionally. If you're getting in an emotion that you're concerned about, you can know that there's a giant that's trying to send you there. That's how you identify it. And it could be fear as your emotion. It could be uh, an emotion coming from a doctor's report. It could be an emotion coming from just how you feel. And I, I, I can just tell you, getting on Google and writing down all your symptoms will give you a diagnosis. You can just know. And most of the time, you're probably going to die. The worst one of all of them you're probably going to, I mean, it's just what's, what's that doing for your emotion? See, what you did is you Googled everything in the physical. Relationships, I'm just telling you, people will send you to an emotional state by way they act and what they do. And they're right in the church. How in those hardships, somebody doing something to one of our kids, Mm. Don't mess with my kids. See, you can talk about being in a battle. We, we've seen it time. And parents, your own parents, not doing it God's way. Boy, that's a battle for a young person or even an old person with old parents. Not doing it God's way is tough. Addictions, trying to hold people captive. See, the enemy can use anything And once he starts using it, here's what he does. He turns demonic influence into it. And he builds up that side so he can keep these people captive because he don't want them being effective for the kingdom. That's why we got to know Jehovah Saba. He makes you feel like there's no way out. A giant, you've got to get that. It's just anything so large that it has an attempt to control your emotions. That's the attempt. 1 Samuel It says the Israelites were terrified and they were deeply shaken. Have you ever been deeply shaken by some news you got? Something going on in life and it just, it terrifies you. You you just, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't, that had to be the illustration here with David. Think about this. The world wages war one way. 
the Philistines sent out their best. Who was their best? A physical representation of strength. And they sent that out in the physical realm, and they said, this is the best we have. The physical odds were for him. If they were all betting, the betting would have been based on what they see, appearance, face value, everything physical. God sends out a five-foot-five-five small dude with a slingshot and no armor. God waging war in the natural looks different than the way the world wages war. So when you're only looking at it from the world's standpoint, you're missing God's perspective. Let me explain this. When we're in a battle, so often our focus is on ourselves. What are we going to do? And what's the giant going to do to us? What am I going to deal with here? And we're looking at the wrong things. See, we're looking at what we're looking at what we can only see. And what you can see is the giant. And the giant is looking at David going, ha, 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 ha. And I just want you to know that's how the enemy's looking at you and your situation. He wants to take you out, and he thinks he's going to. But God, Jehovah Saba is the one who has to be in the middle of you and the enemy. And if you don't see God in between, then you're going to bow out. I don't know what I'm going to do. 1 Samuel 17, I want you to see what David, this is so cool. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And in the New King James, it says, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Uncircumcised Philistine or pagan Philistine means somebody who's not in the will of God. Here's what I can tell you. David was not looking at his giant. He was looking at his God. That's what he said. This uncircumcised Philistine, this pagan Philistine, the one who's trying to come against God's people. That's who, this guy's coming against God's Philistine. God, God, I know that you have a plan and I'm looking to you. And what I'm telling you is David never looked at the giant. He looked at God. In fact, you'll find nowhere in scripture where David referred to Goliath as a giant. Pretty cool. He never referred to him as giant. Why? Because he didn't look at him. He looked at him and saw that he was uncircumcised. He looked at him and said, you ain't, you're not in God's plan. You have no hope of victory here. I would have said, hey, big boy, you have, he didn't even see him as big. He didn't see any of that. This guy's not in covenant with God. That leaves him as a loser in the end. See, when you're looking at it from the eternity side, you see that. But when you're looking at it from the physical side, you see that there's no way I can win this. We've got to learn Jehovah Saba because it allows us to seek assistance in the battle from a realm that we, we've got to go to another realm. And as you're looking at the giant, you've got to know there's a covenant that says that it's different than what you're seeing in the physical. Boy, I, 
I just, you spend a week in Washington, D.C., and you need this word. I, 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 would, I even thought about getting up and describing some of what I saw. I don't want to. It's sick. Riding a subway, there was what appeared to be normal people. And the normal people I'd start talking to start talking about things that I didn't agree with either. And I'm like, is there no one normal here? And I thought, yep, there is because I'm going to start looking at everything from the spiritual side. And as I started looking at it from the spiritual side, God started revealing that there was some godly people that I was hanging with. I mean, I had Rick and Mel there. I had my wife there. Just the four of us were a force to be reckoned with everywhere we went. I watched when we would walk up to certain situations and I could know that I was dealing with some Philistines, some demonic oppression. And I'd know when I'd walk up, I'd watch them just kind of move back. But then there were other people that wanted to engage us and we would engage and it was like God was allowing us to be, I don't know, I, I can't really explain it except for Jehovah Saba. I, I, wasn't, I didn't walk, walk around where There was one night we walked back and just a couple blocks from our hotel, I did a lot of walking. And I, we're walking on our way back and, and we passed through this area and here Rick and I just were kind of walking. All of a sudden I looked over at him and he did what I did. And I just kind of looked. Because it was an area that I would have not recommended anybody go to. We were looking around and a lot of people, and I mean, they all had their eyes on us. And, and if you don't know this, you can't really carry a weapon out there. And so um, we, I, what am I going to do? And I was, Rick and I talked about it. I just feel, I feel a little naked here. This isn't good. I mean, I'm used to I, I, I at least have my knife. I tried to walk in with a knife into the Capitol, and they took it from me. I mean, I, you do, I didn't even know I had it in my pocket. It's just so normal. My clothes have knives in them. They let me go, praise God. I thought, man, I ruined the whole trip for me. Anyway. But I'm, I'm just going around. I'm going, okay, I feel the, wait, wait a minute here. I have Jehovah Saba, and I'm on a mission, and God's called this mission, and I'm going to be protected. Now, I still carry my knife in my way. I mean, I'm just, but you got to start living life knowing that whatever you're dealing with, there's a covenant that protects you. There's a covenant. I see no way to win this health crisis. I don't know how to, I just don't know how to get out of the situation. I, I see no way my kids are going to make it through this. I'm trying to get this demon off of me and I just can't get up and maintain it. It's just all too much pressure. Jehovah Saba, I need you today, God. I need you right now for me to fight these battles from a different realm and I walk into a position where there's not a demon from hell that's going to have any victory in my, come on. How are we going to operate? There comes a place where we learn to live and fight battles because they're coming without seeing a giant. We see the kingdom leader, the commander-in-chief, Jehovah Saba. Israel was looking at the enemy, and they weren't looking at the covenant. I just want to go to one other area, and then we'll close. One of the things that happens is we don't speak our marching orders. We oftentimes start talking to the giant. 
We start talking about what's going on in the physical. Well, my doctor's report says, well, my situation is so bad. You don't know what I'm having to deal with. you got to know this person has just been so mean to me, and they're so manipulative. And we spend so much time describing our situation, and every word we are using is a physical word, not a kingdom word. We've got to get to a place where we start speaking the king's words. I am an overcomer. I'm not even going to talk about what the doctor report said. What I'm going to tell you is I don't have a giant that God hasn't conquered. Now, there's some things coming against me right now, but in the name of Jesus, I'm overcoming them. Will you get in agreement with me? People come up front for prayer, and they want to talk about every... We teach our prayer team this. Don't let people get into conversation talking about all the reports. Let's talk about who the victor is in this. And let's just get right into prayer and say, wait, this is defeated in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, whatever that report was has to bow. See, we start fighting things from a different place. And we've got to learn to do that, but we've got to learn to do it with our mouth because God's word is seed. And we plant that seed and we watch it and we protect it and we water it and we keep the enemy from coming and stealing it. And we don't want the vultures coming in. See, we see the enemy trying all the time to rob what is. Right now, as I'm speaking, I'm telling you, the enemy came tonight and tried to steal some of this from you. He does every time. You'll have to battle. You'll have to fight and say, that's not going to be stole from me. Y'all stand with me this evening. Deuteronomy 28.7, I'm going to end with this. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they're going to scatter from you seven. And, and if you don't start claiming that, I'm telling you, then you have preceded that with demonic influence. But let's enter every battle that comes our way, preceding that with a spiritual influence from the kingdom of God, and the commander-in-chief gave us marching orders. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.